to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 285 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Finally, boxing feels like it's actually back. After that Eggington Cheeseman war, I'm just ready for more, brother. Yeah, you still raging? Oh, my God, what a fight. <laughs> what a fight. Um, yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was a war in Essex. Is that what it was? <laughs> yes. Live from Essex, but fuckington <laughs> The royal palace of Sir Edward of Hearn. Um, it was the battle of egg versus cheese. Yeah. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I thought the, uh, you know, I thought the, um, the pyrotechnics were, you know, he had fucking sparklers shooting out of his boxwoods and fucking, you know, lasers shooting out of his flowers and. That shit looked like a laser tag arena. <laughs> oh, man. It was better than DeZone's uh, cafeteria at the Fantasy Springs Casino. I don't think anything gets worse than that. I wonder if they had to return those TVs to Best Buy after the card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, not a lot of action. Uh, well, sorry, besides Eggington versus Cheeseman, because that was definitely the fight of the year. Yeah. Um, boxing can just go ahead and stop for the rest of the year, because that's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, we got a lot to talk about, though. Uh, Pauli Malinaji in the news. Um, that was completely unexpected. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a snag and a hold-up in the Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez um, fight. Errol Spence and Danny Garcia seems to be official. And uh, Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev are going to try to dip their toes into an arena filled, well, at least partially with fans. Um, and Juan Francisco Estrada looks to return to the ring in about two months. So we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 285 of the Boxing Rant podcast. Drop by the website, theboxingrant.com. Hey, you can still go boxingpod.com. You can even go boxingrant.com. But it's theboxingrant.com, and all of those websites will point you to um, the right place. So links to all of the platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBox, um, everything is at theboxingrant.com. And, of course, drop by uh, the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and check out the video version of this show and follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Vin, let's get to um, Essex, Brentwood, England, in the garden of Matchroom Boxing's global headquarters. Um, it was Sam Eggington versus Ted Cheeseman for the... <laughs> Inter- it, even sound real. <laughs> it, it does. It sounds completely made up, doesn't it? Um, for the International Boxing Federation International Junior Middleweight Super Welterweight Championship, <laughs> I didn't even. I, I got to be completely honest with you. Like all jokes aside, even though it, you know there'll be more jokes, um, <laughs> I didn't even know the IBF. Like had secondary belts. I, I, I'm being dead serious. Maybe that like qualifies me as super casual, but I didn't know they had these things. Did you? I I was not aware. No, an international version. I know there's like Pan Pacific American nonsense. I don't, but I don't know. Yeah. See, I, I don't. I'm, I'm I'm getting confused. This whole like my whole mind frame into this episode is based in confusion uh, because I feel like <laughs> I just figured you were confused. Period. <laughs> well, that is a general state of mind <laughs> for sure. But I'm just like lost on um, uh, if this is real or not. I still, think it is still yet. Um, look, look, folks. I know that there is a desperation, and there's a there's a large. A large group of boxing fans out there that will literally watch everything, and the latest thing they've watched is the greatest thing they've watched. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, man. Just on like it's not even principle because then, then then it makes you sound like you're trying to be righteous. This to me was two fighters that this is a no man's land fight. Like this is like two guys like wandering in the wilderness, like kind of coming to grips with the fact that they're not going to stumble across any water. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like they've already seen a couple mirages, and uh, they're just like, "Well, yeah." I mean, 
this isn't really leading anywhere, so should we keep walking or should we just sit down? Right? It was bad, man. It's just this level of fight. It's it's not leading anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's not doesn't like does it mean something to somebody? Probably the fans of these guys in their in their hometowns. Am I being a fucking total dickhead? No, I'm not, I'm not trying to dismiss the fact that these two went at each other like they did. Right. No. Yeah. Okay. Sure. A display of blood and guts in the ring, or however you want to call it. But there was no display of skill. I mean, I, that's like when I sit down and watch a fight. I don't care who the guys are. I don't like. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, all the peripheral nonsense. There's got to be some display of skill mm-hmm. and athleticism. And when you watch these guys fight, it's like, I, I feel like I could go down to a local gym and watch a sparring session that's just as good as that fight. So why am I investing 45 minutes of my time to watch it? For what? It's, it's, it was, I, it's just low-level shit. And I don't, like, I'm not trying to disrespect either one of those guys by saying that. I'm just being honest. Like, you're, you're, you're speaking as a consumer and a fan. The... the Showtime, the first fight on the Showtime card last night was better than the Eggington Cheeseman main event. So, like, I'm sorry, I can't, like, I cannot just sit there and be like, well, it's boxing, so I love boxing and I'm going to watch it. No, I can't, I can't do it. I watch that fight and my brain is going fucking nuts because <laughs> it sucks. And I, like, I can't help it. I, like, I watched three rounds and I'm like, I'm sorry, fuck this, this sucks. I don't care if it's a war, like a war to what? Like you said, what is this? It's just a war for war's sake, and they're they're hitting each other with the power of Clarissa Shields. Like there was no chance anybody was getting knocked out. It literally reminded me of watching women's boxing. Ooh. That's what it reminded me of. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, listening to fans out there. Look, you can like whatever you like. I mean, some guy came on our Instagram feed after last week's show and said, uh, he goes, um, you know, those WNBA comments, completely unnecessary. Other than that, show was great. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? That's what stuck out to you, Yeah, huh? that's, that's, what, that's what ruffled your feather about that, huh? Um, so look, fans are going to fan, they, they're going to like what they like. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, now it's, it's really even hard to take anybody seriously on social media anymore. People just grandstand for the fucking sake of attention and grandstanding. I did find it funny though, that like the people that were making the arguments that, that, that you and I are talking about right now, just like being like, eh, like I don't really like, this is kind of mid, mid to low level, like boxing here. Um, these guys like giving it their all and beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, great. So in response to that, you had fans going, "Well, it's just like uh, Gotti Ward. It's the same thing." <laughs> I mean, those guys weren't like super elite fighters, and they made a trilogy out of killing each other. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, "I'm like, hold on a second. First off, Mickey Ward would have absolutely destroyed the two of these guys. Yes. Like, murdered them. Yes. Okay? These guys would have probably been knocked out inside of six rounds by Mickey Ward. Yeah. In his prime. Okay? And yes, was Mickey Ward the tough, grizzled uh, veteran that nobody wanted to fight? You know, uh, a journeyman to an extent that had his career resurrected by fighting an older, you know, world champion? Right. You know? Like, Arturo Gotti was a world champion at some point. Yes, was it clearly proven that he was not at the level of Floyd Mayweather? Yes, he wasn't an elite of the elite fighters. Well, who was? <laughs> who was, exactly. But he was one of the better fighters of his day, and he was in multiple wars. Don't, don't conflate a tough fight between Sam Eggington and Pete Cheeseman <laughs> as... Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward. Stop it. Yeah, that's Stop it, folks. I mean, come on. I, I can't even – we live in th- – this is the most hyperbolic point in human history. Yeah. I mean, everything is just get on board with the hyperbole then, <laughs> okay? I'm going to take the intensity of this overstatement, and I am going to electrocute you with it. <laughs> Intensity in 10 cities, bro. <laughs> Live at Budokan. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, stop it. 
Just stop it already, okay? Well, um, it's like the the uh, people like start fawning over the fight while it's going on, and and fawning over the two guys. It's like, are you being like? I'm, are people being serious? <laughs> what is going on? What? How? How am I watching this? And my silly, discerning eyes saying, this shit sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. And somebody else is sitting there going, oh, my God, what a war. These guys have given us a fight of the year candidate. Right. I can't turn the fucking channel fast enough. Yeah. I'm embarrassed for the sport watching shit like that. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) And I know my honesty is coming off a bit harsh, probably. Whatever, man. I'm sorry. I'm not going, like, I'm not fucking, I'm not mincing words for this shit. This is, this generation's uh, Bradley Provodnikov, then. Oh, yeah. Sure. It is. Yeah. I mean, both of these guys, at some point in their career, are going to be a Hall of Fame fighter (laughs) like Tim Bradley, right? Sure. Or uh, actual world champion like Ruslan Provodnikov was. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's going to happen. Cheeseman's got to be, he's got to be set for a mandatory or, or, or a, a eliminator at this point, doesn't he? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, what, are they going to fight the winner of, of, of Jermel Charlo versus Jason Rosario? You mark my words, Ted Cheeseman will be in a big, I'm sorry, Pete Cheeseman <laughs> will be in a big fight. Is it Ted or Pete? Stop fucking with me. It's Pete. I'm having trouble knowing what's real anymore. <laughs> this whole this whole thing has got me all screwed up. I just like Pete Cheeseman sounds way better. Ted Cheeseman kind of sounds like a, I don't know, man. It's kind of like a porn name. <laughs> Pete Cheeseman sounds like the guy who founded Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Pete, right. Pete Cheeseman, baby, and Sam Eggington. Okay. Um. Then on the same evening, it was another um bubble took flight. <laughs> Right, yeah. Showtime Championship boxing from the Mohegan Sun, um, <clears throat> a different look. Yeah, um, it was more towards the wiffle bubble that Top Rank has put together in Las Vegas. It was definitely more minimalist and clean and professional looking. Yes, I think we've all enjoyed. I think that the PBC's like ring setup in general, um, you know, bodes well for this kind of like simplistic setup. Yep. Um, I, I still am trying to figure out what the fuck happened with DAZN and Golden Boy at Fantasy Springs. That was one of the most embarrassing looks I've ever seen. Virgil Ortiz was the only, uh, only redeeming quality yeah. you know, to that entire production. I, I will say this. Last night, Saturday night, getting ready to sit down and watch that Showtime card, it was the first time I actually felt like boxing was back. Yeah. And their intro into the fights, their little promo was – just the way they do the, the production of everything. It's Showtime Championship Boxing. It felt like boxing was back. I, everything else to this point has kind of been like some sideshow joke or some uh, sorry effort to provide me with something that I really don't care to see because you're providing me shit. Right. This was Showtime Boxing last night was the first time that we got – a quality card from start to finish. Thank God. Even you know, we'll talk about Paulie here in a little bit being gone. You know, Paulie is who he is. You can say what you want about him, but he was good on the mic, and that was that is the best broadcast team in the sport. By I, there's the gap between them and the next group is I, I it's an infinite gap. So it just felt like it was like ah, take a deep breath, like the. The, the sport does still exist in a legit fashion somewhere. Mm-hmm. That was the best part about it. And the fights were all we were all pretty good, too. We got a really good fucking knockout in the first fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fights were competitive for the most part all the way through. That is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for sparklers and, and flashing lights and backyards. And, and elephant walks. And- <laughs> no, I'm not, well, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. it, uh, Last night was the first time that was like, ah, boxing. Thank you. Yeah. So that's how you felt when you saw um, you know, uh, Showtime's production last night. But in within that production, did you feel like Austin Powers, when he saw um, Fred Savage's mole, the first time they put the camera on uh, Abner Marez's dead eye? That's... Look, man, I'm a I'm mole, 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 mole. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hate on the man. You're but not it, hating. I, it's it's tough to look at. It really is, honestly. 
Like when, he, when the camera zoomed in on his face, it's hard to pay attention to what he's saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe that's why they did it. They were like, "Hey, do you mind putting your glass eye in so you look uh, so you don't look so weird?" And he's probably they were probably like, "You know what? Actually, he's horrible on the mic. Let's get we got to distract these people." It's the same thing with Sean Porter when they put him on. I'm like, his teeth are so goddamn big, I can't get past it. <laughs> well, this is brutal, man. <laughs> we are being brutal. No, look. Here's the thing. Let's go ahead and jump to Paulie Malinaji. Let's do it. Okay. Because um, I've been saying since day one, and uh, you know, with the PBC, look, the PBC and, and Al Heyman, it, you know, Al Heyman in particular, like his philosophy with these fighters is to help them into the future, right? It's, right. it's not just about getting them; it, it is about getting them the most money while they're while they're active, right? Mm-hmm. Getting the most money for the for for you know for the least amount of risk, um, and he's taking care of his fighters in that regard. But there's also been there, this push. And I don't know if it's kind of like throwing shit against the wall and see what sticks. You know, if we give everybody a shot on the mic, maybe we'll discover the next Pauly Malinaji. I think that that's probably more of that. Plus, you know, giving these guys an opportunity to to do something. Like, you know, Sean Porter might have a career doing this. Um, like, you know, doing these studio shows or doing interviews or something like that. Maybe one day, you know, he'll be ringside. I, I, I don't know. Um, but from the very beginning, you know, Danny Garcia was by far the worst. Okay, it's like talking to a plant, right? <laughs> like him being ringside. Yeah, I pretty, mean that was pretty bad. They, they they would even like purposely stop, and and I'm assuming behind the camera they were like nudging DSG, like your turn, like say something, you know? <laughs> and he's just like, si sí, que no, si sí, que si, sí, si sí, que no, no, si sí, que si. Sí. Um, but Abner Mares, besides DSG, was the by far the worst. And I understand, like, first time doing something that you've never done before. It's not right. like he fucking went to college to be an announcer. Right. It's not like he, you know, worked his way up from doing minor league affiliate work and then finally landed that big gig doing doing color commentary, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he went from getting his eye murdered to, to fucking sitting ringside and, and trying to call fights, right? So having him as the replacement for Pauli Malinaji, and I know I've kind of jumped the shark here, to me— is just an absolute disgrace. Now, as far as Paulie Malinaji goes, we have kind of run like the like the like the spectrum, the gauntlet about Paulie Malinaji. Yeah. Okay. There's one thing, even when he was a fighter, but um, you know his his post career sort of commentary too. Paulie Malinaji has said a lot of really controversial shit in his in his career. Okay. He has said a lot of very abrasive things. He, it's not unlike our show where we say just how we're feeling, right? Right. Um, you know, how we feel as fans. Like, Pauli Malinaji observes and reports. He doesn't sugarcoat or or anything. The only bit of ass-kissing we ever saw from him was when he had to start doing PBC work. Because remember, prior to his affiliation with the PBC, he used to talk shit oh, on, yeah. Al, on Al Heyman all the time. Big time. And maybe some of this leads all the way back to that. You right. know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever it was in that 13-minute interview on IFL TV, that, that's, I mean, people were trying to extrapolate because it wasn't specifically said what was the exact thing that he said in that interview specifically, like the quote that got him fired, right? right. It could have been the entire conversation on race, whatever, right? right? It doesn't matter. To me, the reason he got fired was because he was on thin ice with somebody anyways. He was on thin ice with somebody either at Showtime or in the PBC, and they fucking just had enough of his mouth. He said something to somebody off camera, and they scapegoated him off that interview. I'm not <clears throat> I'm not legitimizing, right. and I'm not minimizing anything he said in that interview, because I honestly, do, I'm still dumbfounded and and a little baffled as to what specifically it was in that interview that got him fired. It could have been... 10 comments in there that they could hang their hat on. Right. But to me, it was a litany of things that he knew he was on thin ice, and they were finally like, you know what? I've had enough of this fucking guy. Let's fire him. That's how it came off to me. Yeah, I'm guessing that he's probably echoed some of that same shit to people in person behind the scenes, and they kind of... They scoff at it and they're like, eh, whatever. It's just Paulie, whatever. But he's not an untouchable, though. I mean, that's obviously no. clear. You know what I mean? No. Like, so he wasn't one of these guys. It's like, oh, he can just kind of say whatever he wants. He pissed somebody off. Yeah. Um, and that broadcast team is strong enough that it, you lose one guy, they, they're they're fine. They'll they'll fill it in. They'll figure it out. Maybe. I I see. See, here's the thing. Paulie Malinaji was the best color guy. For, look, I can't stand the fucking guy. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I personally, like, he has been one of the most annoying people in the world. He has been in, in, in the entire fight game. We used to kill him on the show back uh, in the day. Absolutely, because he was so he he was so hung up on Manny Pacquiao and steroids. It was like his obsession, yeah. right? And he would just, like, look, going back to our previous episode, the question was, if there was a one fight in boxing that that wasn't made that you wish would have been made for me. I'm, I'm, I'm now answering. I've now come to my decision on this. It's Manny Pacquiao versus Paulie Malignaggi. Yeah. That, that's the fight I wanted to see because it didn't steroids or no steroids. Look, look, we can all speculate all we want to, but he was like on a ride or die mission with that. Oh, Sean Porter knocked him out. Oh, steroids there. Yeah, like, dude. Jesus dude. You're just not that good. Maybe he got fired because he said something about Pac-Man and Pac-Man's more valuable to the PBC than, than Paulie is. Right. You know what I mean? But look, but the bottom line is this, whether he deserved to get fired or not, I don't think anybody should get like, can't, I don't believe in cancel culture and I don't think anybody should, you know, should, you know, necessarily get fired for saying some off color remarks. It's it's an accumulation of things with him. It's it's saying so many controversial things that eventually eh, it's going to come up. So I don't feel sorry for the fact that he got fired. I might, I wasn't advocating for it, but I'm telling you right now, man. Um, I know I'm rambling here, but going from Pauli Malinaji to Abner Mares is horrible. No, oh, that was bad. They should just leave it at fucking Morrow and Al. Just, yeah. just the two of them. There's this. I talked about it on the last episode. Well, bring that, Raul Marquez in or bring Farhood in. Just don't, yes. you, know, you don't have to reach with a fighter. Exactly. That's that. That has been boxing's biggest programming problem when it comes to announcing. They just think that oh, has to be a fighter, otherwise there's no credibility in the opinion. I mean, I think Al Bernstein's probably more respected than than, than almost any commentator in the history of boxing. Yeah. Was he, he was he a boxer? Nope. Nope. Just going to be a hall of famer for for talking about boxing that yeah that's what i mean anyways i was rambling about that i just don't like i'm not i'm not pissed off that malinaji's gone i just think that them well you're pissed off that he's gone because simply for the fact that he was like you said the best color commentator in the sport yeah he was period whatever you think about him you can't deny that no, it's just and, and the fact that they replaced him with who, in my opinion, is the worst in the sport. Abner Morris was bad on the Fox show, whatever that was, PBC on Fox show. It was yeah. him and Sean Porter. Yeah. I don't know how somebody who's in production or produces shows or, or is behind the scenes watches a show like the PBC on Fox, sees Abner Morris and goes, that's our guy. <laughs> I'm, I, I have no experience in any of that. I can tell you. That's not your guy. Yes. Get somebody else. Yeah. It's not that hard. No. I, yeah. Look, Farhood would be great. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan of, look, I'm not a big fan of Marquez either. I, I, I don't, I think he's bland. I, I think that his, his analysis and I think that, um, you know, his opinions I think are solid mm-hmm. and sound, right? And he does fit that, you know, that fucking weird requirement of having, you know, a, a fighter expert. Right. Right. Um, but dude, I, I don't know, man. Look, just getting hung up on some, something there, stupid. There's, there's somebody sitting, waiting right there. It's, it's a get back year like it always is. Keith Thurman can step into that role oh, and do geez. a hell of a job, Ken. You know it. I don't even think Keith Thurman knows what he's saying half the time. Look, you know? we all have a friend <laughs> that you know. You're, you're probably sitting across I from was yours. Say, don't talk. Don't talk about me like that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we all we all have a friend that fucking just talks, and you look at him, and you're like. I wonder if he even knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Sounds like he's making that up. Does that work? You're like you're like Googling a word that he said in your phone to see like No, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's Thurman. I don't know. Th- you know, Thurman's fine. Whatever, man. I'm just tired of all these guys. Yeah. It's just uh, like there's there's pros out there that you can use, you know. Where's Joe Goosen? <laughs> Where yeah. Bring Joe in. Bring uh bring Roy Jones back after Mike Tyson knocks his head off. Oof, man, that's gonna be rough after that. Yeah, you know that that the, that lisp and those stutters might might take their final step. Um, yeah. So whatever, man. I'm indifferent about it. I think that Paulie has come off as a fucking, um, you know, as a know-it-all prick his entire career. He's been a douche for years. Yeah, but you saw how how most people reacted when this happened. That were in the business are like, well, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, let's get to um. 
Uh, you know, Lomachenko, Tiafimo Lopez, we were hoping this week would be the week that they announced the fight. Yeah. Um, but apparently there were offers made. Uh, the Lomachenko camp came out and said that they had accepted their end a, um, a $3.25 million purse to square off against Tiafimo Lopez for the Undisputed Lightweight Championship. And uh, that Tiafimo was offered $1.2 million mm-hmm. for his side of things. And he turned it down. And um, when they got finally got a quote from Tiafimo as to why he turned down the $1.2 million, um, he said that, you know what, man, he needs to feed his family. He can't take $1.2 million. How am I supposed to feed my family with $1.2 million, Ken? Yeah. I mean, how is he? That's fucking, like, that's chump change, man. I mean, there's nobody, especially, like, with the 40 million people that are unemployed right now in the country. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there that could use an extra $1.2 million no, for fucking 45 minutes of work. No. I, look, when I, the biggest thing to me, like, first of all, I inquire, like, I had to inquire about it because obviously you see something like that and you don't really, like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to believe when people report shit in this sport. So I tried to inquire about these numbers and the reality of the situation and I'm laughed at and laughed off for listening to Mike Coppinger, which makes me, and it's a, that's not the first time that's happened. And I'm all, now I'm to the point where it's like, yeah, why am I listening to what Mike Coppinger says? So Mike Coppinger was the one that reported that this was a thing? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Mike Coppinger was the one who broke this news. Mm-hmm. That's apparently, from what I can gather, not very true. So I don't like... But he wears a turtleneck. It has to be true. Uh, yeah, yeah. You would think. You would think. Uh, <laughs> one would think, Ken. It's but So, uh, like, the the biggest thing to me with this entire situation is... When it got announced, just sitting back and watching people's reaction to this situation Mm -hmm. and how ridiculously stupid people make themselves sound. Like, oh, top ranks lowball. What a lowball offer. I wouldn't take it. These same fucking people will come on Twitter or go wherever and tell you they want to see the best fight the best. So, So when that happens, but the numbers aren't right for the guy that they'd like, to see win or are pulling for in the situation. Well, they get off that bandwagon real quick and they say, well, top rank needs to pay the guy. I mean, what do they expect? And I, I, even, to, even to the point where you hear people say, yeah, just give them $2 million. Push it to pay-per-view. Move it to pay-per-view. Okay? Fuck the undercard. We don't need the undercard. Move it to pay-per-view so he can get his money. You realize when you're saying that, and most of the people are saying that aren't going to order the fucking pay-per-view anyways. So, what you're saying is, to the people who will order that pay-per-view, is pick up the tab on uh, Tia Fimo wants to make a little more money. Can you pick up that tab for us? <laughs> it's just, it's like, what are you fucking people talking about? Stop moving fucking goalposts. I get it, you fucking hate Lomachenko. Fine, like, that became very clear. Like, these people expose themselves to the point where it's like, I get it, you don't, you don't, you don't like the guy? Okay, fine. But it's to that point where you're like, nah. Fucking the typical top rank can't make an in-house fight. Ken, they can make they can make big fights out of their own uh, backyard, but they can't do it in their own backyard. They just can't pull it off for whatever reason. Typical top rank. What does that even mean? <laughs> top prank, as as some would call it. Ken. Always lowballing the fighters of color. <laughs> that's that stingy Jew, Bob. <laughs> that's like. I I just I sat back and just laughed at people's reactions. Like, why do you fucking care? Why is it such a big deal to you? Why all this? Here's the problem: had the fight been made, had the fight been signed, right? And Tio got his three point two or or one point two, and Loma got his three point two five. Not one person nope. would have said they lowballed him. Nope, not one. <clears throat> So why now is it a low ball? Oh, because the guy that you've been saying the whole time that you've been backing and saying Lomachenko's scared to fight. And- well, I think Tiafimo's going to win, so he deserves more. <laughs> <laughs> That's not logic, folks. It's not. It doesn't work like that. Where did they? I want to know where these people went to school to be able to levy like a financial assessment as oh, yeah. as as to what do you use to evaluate this this fighter's uh this fighter's uh, value here what 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 <laughs> what are you using well you know that last 
his last gate was this and his last viewership numbers were that. So I compute those numbers and I run them through my unbiased brain and I come out with the value of this fighter. <laughs> well, because I went online and I saw that Loma t-shirts are being sold for $25 and this Tio shirt, I paid 40 for this. So clearly Tiafimo's worth more because he's charging more for his t-shirts. This thread counts higher, boy. <laughs> this thread counts higher. Oh, man. It's uh, just so funny to watch people on Twitter react to shit like that. Yeah, man. and it's like they go into meltdown mode about this. Here's the thing. Okay, look, I am totally – I'm sure the person you talk to, if, I, if I'm if i thinking correctly, um, is is probably – well, I, I just believe in general that Mike Coppinger is probably full of shit. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, Generally speaking. But um, at the same time, then why did Tiafimo feel the need to come out and, and like, comment on it like – like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, of course I'm being lowballed here. I mean, fucking, you know, Ted Ted Dwickley 05279 uh, underscore on Twitter said I'm being lowballed. I agree. So let me go back to the negotiating table here. Hey, Bob, Twitter thinks I'm being lowballed here. I need, I mean, I need to feed my family. Then it leads to all this speculation, and it's, it's like, it's like, look, man. If it is true, if there is truth to this, if there is, if the if the snag and the holdup is that Tiafimo is just trying to leverage a little bit more money out of this, like that makes sense, right? Probably, yeah, fine. He can do that all he wants. It's his fucking. If he wants to, he can do it, right? So then, in that case, on like in in reality, at the negotiating table behind closed doors, where nobody knows what's really going on, right? Where people are coming up with whatever they get paid, whatever. Yeah, he's probably just trying to leverage a little bit more money. Um, but the thing is, is like this generation of fighter, it doesn't matter if it's, um, Tiafima Lopez or Devin Haney or Ryan Garcia, or then you see fucking Shakur Stevenson who fights for top rank coming in out. And I mean, it's like this new thing that they picked up from the NBA and like other, and, and the NFL where it's like, nah, man, talk shit about your boss. The guy who cuts your paycheck, he's racist fucking just. Talk about how much of a piece of shit that guy is that's that's overpaying me for my job. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Who's making me a millionaire? You know? Let's talk. Nah, man. Yeah, Tiafimo, you should get yours. I'm like, what is going on here? These guys have literally, like, they didn't put the cart before the horse. They are on their horse yelling at the cart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, giddy up, cart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like sitting here thinking to myself, like, whatever happened to, uh, like the like the sentiment, like like you you give me shit and make fun of me, joking around about how much I like Carl Frotch. He's one of my favorite fighters right. of all time. Right. But it's all founded. It's not in him being a douchebag, because he is a douchebag. Right. It's founded on the principle of the way the man conducted his business in the ring. Right. And Carl Frotch dared to be great right it's a cheesy tacky sentiment but at the end of the day you got to watch the fights for a reason right and the guys that get in there and say fuck it and the guys that laid on the line and dare to be great these guys are like dare to be great um nah man (laughs) that we we retired that statement with the boomers the new statement is i'm gonna need a deposit on that (laughs) Uh, i'm I'm gonna need need a down down payment what's my down payment (laughs) yeah what's what's the front on that (laughs) I'm gonna need to get paid for that championship. I'm gonna win in five years. <laughs> okay, it just to me when I like when I really started to think about, it, I'm like, hold on now. This fight has been on the table since December of 2019. Yes. So what you are telling me, if Tiafimo Lopez has turned down this low ball offer, is that no financials were discussed until this past week. He had no idea mm-hmm. where the financial parameters of where he would, what he was going to make. He was, he was in on the fight. The money didn't matter until this past but, week. But Vin, you know how these promoters be treating the fighters. <laughs> you know they treat them like, like you know they take advantage of them. They lowball them. Yeah, you're damn right. They probably kept it secret. <laughs> I'm just like I just had to take a step back and just like okay, here's here's like this is most likely. I'm just speaking from an educated consumer perspective here. Ooh. This is most likely what happened in this situation. That they Lomachenko has a guarantee per fight. I believe it's $4 million. Okay, that's a guarantee no matter what. They asked him to take a pay cut. Mm-hmm. He took a $750,000 pay cut. Show enough. Down to 325 
if Coppinger is correct. All right. Tiafimo Lopez was probably going to get $2 million originally. Mm-hmm. He was also asked to take a $750,000 bath. He said, hold up. My $750,000 bath hurts me a lot more than Lomachenko. Why am I taking the same pay cut with less to, to begin with? Well, because if you're not going to fight Lomachenko for that, then you're going to fight Ray Beltran for $250,000. <laughs> right? He's still making double what he made in his last fight. So, you know, say whatever. Like, I don't begrudge the guy at all. For Go get what you think you're worth. Dude. Absolutely. 100%. I've done it before in the sport of boxing. I did it with Danny Jacobs when he was doing it with Golovkin. I'm thinking, this guy, what is he? You're not worth that. Stop trying to get more than you're worth. Well, shut the fuck up. The guy, he can get whatever he thinks he's worth. Who, do you, who are me, who are, are, am I or anybody to put a value on any of these fighters? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. Like, you literally, you're just a guy who watches boxing. You know nothing about what goes into the value of a fighter. Don't just give me uh, fucking gate numbers and viewership numbers. That ain't it, boss. No, and no, and and, and if you honestly think that 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 if you are the financial advisor or manager of the fighter and you gave the advice that you're giving on Twitter, just put yourself in that in that position for a second, right? Yeah. And you're giving that advice, then whoever it is that you manage, let's just say it's Tiafimo Lopez. He would end up in the same boat as Gilberto Ramirez and every other fighter that basically turned down their way out of boxing. How many guys have walked away from career-high paydays to fight Canelo Alvarez because they think they should get more? Absolutely. I mean, dude, you may as well. You know what? Actually, my advice is this. Not only walk away from the career-high payday, but do PEDs, too, like Jarrell Miller did. Let's just take it all the way. You know what I mean? Let's just do this. Like, if we're, like we're going to go out, let's go out scorched earth. Right. Let's burn this fucker to the ground on the way out because they're, they're oppressing me. When it comes to this fucking situation, like, everybody that's hyperventilating and, and vomiting these false equivalencies and all this nonsense to uh, – to justify the way they feel about whatever this negotiation, whatever's going on in this negotiation, go in your fucking pantry, get a brown paper bag, mm-hmm. sit the fuck down and breathe into it for a little bit. <laughs> fucking relax. The fight will get made, people. Yeah. It's too big of a fight. It's the biggest fight on the docket for the rest of the year. Top rank's not stupid. They know they're sitting on that card. They have the ace in the hole when it comes to a big fight this year that's happening. They're not going to let it go away. Everybody relax. Mm-hmm. It'll get made, and your guy will get the money you think he deserves, and you can be happy about it. And then when he gets his ass kicked, you'll be like, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah." I mean, when you're you know when you're digging into your Rolodex of lines to you know to spit at that girl you're trying to holler at at the bar, and you know you just need to say that one thing to seal the deal, and all those hot fire lines that you've been spitting in the past. You know, they're just, they're just wearing, you know, they're getting old or whatever. You'll be able to go up to them and be like, hey, you hear Tiafimo got, got all that money, right? <laughs> you hear Tiafimo, he got $2 million. He deserved it. Did you know that? <laughs> you should date me. <laughs> so, so, so we going to knock boots or what? <laughs> Can I, I don't know. You got $2 million? <laughs> <laughs> like that line in, in Boys in the Hood where he's talking dirty to his girl. And he clicks over to the other line, and his mom's still on the phone. He's like, so, you going to let me hit them skins or what? <laughs> you remember that scene? I do. Trey, it's your mother. <laughs> it might be time for a rewatch on that. <laughs> what a great movie. Oh, what a great movie. All right. Um, so, yeah, to be continued, we'll just keep on counting counting fighters' I, money. I bet you uh, we hear something come Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, 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 Carl Moretti, I know you're listening because you're our biggest fan. Um, <laughs> rocking that. He's probably rocking that prototype, uh, the boxing rant uh, fucking wife beater that we sent him <laughs> <laughs> right now, right? Um, nah, but for real. Um, can you uh, once this fight is signed, um, can you ship down uh, their purses? Um, maybe wrapped all twenty dollar bills so we can count their money for them. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to do that. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, all right, sounds good. Uh, November twenty first, it seems to be official. At least both fighters have announced that it's official. Um, on Fox pay per view, it's Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia for the IBF and WBC Unified Welterweight Championship. I think this fight 
and the entire Fox um, boxing schedule for the fall is going to be announced uh, on next. Is it next week's Showtime card? I think so. Yeah, or the week after. It's going to be within the next week or two. Yeah, and there's like six Fox shows and twelve FS1 shows. Oh, those ones will be dynamite. The FS1 shows? Yeah, they're always good. I'm actually kind of digging FS1 right now. They're playing a lot of West Coast baseball games. Are they? But maybe that'll go away when uh, yeah, the, but... the PBC takes over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know boxing boxing takes the lead, Ken. It does. Um, yeah, so November 21st, it, it looks like it's um, looks like it's going to happen. I, you know, I don't have a problem. I'm, I'm hoping just with the pay-per-views in general, um, you know, this – out of all the pay-per-views, I guess is probably the highest level matchup. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd probably put this right there with the Derevianchenko Charlo fight. But, anyways, um, this is definitely the two most established names so far announced for a pay-per-view. I'm just hoping that there is a little bit of readjustment on the pay-per-view price. If they can get this thing out the door for fifty bucks, I'm I'm there. Um, no fucking fat chance, buddy. If it's eighty dollars, then it depends on what's on that night. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, but, uh, look, I'm glad that this is made. I think the fact that Errol Spence is taking this fight, um, you know, says a lot. It says that he thinks and that his doctors think that he's okay for this fight. Right. Now, he doesn't seem to be acting any different than he normally does. I, I, I'm not sure it's going to be one of these things, unless he's got PTSD and we don't know about you it. You see people overreacting to that Instagram video he posted where he was like riding his four-wheeler with his AR-15 trying to get some coyotes that were fucking with his calves. And he's he's he just made, he made some statement. I I just watched it briefly, and everybody fucking reacted like he doesn't he doesn't look right, he doesn't sound right. Something's oh something's going on with Errol from the crowd that wants him to be like mentally fucked up so he loses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. I, I don't know. He seems to be acting exactly the same. I, yeah, I don't notice anything. No, neither do I. The only uh, the interview that he did, the first live TV interview that he did um, last year, I guess you know after uh, post accident or whatever, maybe it was the beginning of this year. He seemed a little nervous and shy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he seemed like really reserved. So people were definitely speculating on that, and then immediately after that. All this, you know, there's footage of him. He didn't, you know, you didn't see him with drinks or anything, but he's back in the club partying or whatever. Right. We talked about it. We're like, who gives a fuck? If yeah. he wants to go out and get wasted, let him get wasted. I hope he doesn't drive home, but geez. Yeah. If he wants to go to the fucking club, go to the club. I, I don't know, man. I think that he is prepared mentally to go into the ring and fight. Now, whether, you know, we don't know if he's going to be able to pull the trigger as quick. We don't know how punches are going to affect his new teeth, his artificial grill that he has. I mean, yeah, I, all that's going to be answered in this fight against Danny Garcia. But I'm trying to figure out at what point in Danny Garcia's career, especially as a welterweight, okay, he had a nice run at 140 pounds. not going to take that away from him. But at welterweight, if Samuel, is it Samuel Vargas his biggest one? Um, Adrian Granados. Adrian Granados? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Did, I, he, did, he, did he fight Vargas? I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and um, yeah. So Danny Garcia, in this, he's just not active enough. He doesn't throw enough punches, man. Let, I am going to be curious. I think Errol Spence will get hit in this fight. Let the king sleep, Ken. Uh, don't wake the king. Don't wake the king. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance that Danny Garcia wins this fight? No, no, I don't. I think Errol Spence is. Pro if Errol Spence is seventy-five to eighty percent the fighter he was pre-accident, uh -huh. he beats Danny Garcia T ten pretty, out of ten times. Yeah, pretty easily. I, look. Danny Garcia is very slow. His punch delivery is slow. It's it's deliberate. It's plotting. I, look, Danny Garcia. Don't don't get me wrong here. Danny Garcia is a very good fighter, and he's a great fashion designer. <laughs> I'm gonna be wearing that Manolo drip here real soon, folks. <laughs> King Tut vibes. <laughs> that Danny Montana collection, baby. That's right. That's right. But, and and I, look, he's been in a lot of really good fights. A lot of entertaining fights. He, it's it's when I try to place him in boxing, he just he falls right below the elite category. I'm sorry, he just does. Not at 140. In 140, he was the best in the world for a, two or three years. Mm -hmm. All right, at 147, he's had some struggles against the best. Danny Garcia fans think he may have beat Keith Thurman or he may have beat Sean Porter or those those fights were close. I I feel like he lost both of those fights and. They're really, I mean, they were kind of close, but... I thought he lost the Lamont Peterson fight. Close, but clear. Yeah. 
You could say he lost a Lamont Peterson fight. You could say he lost a Mauricio Herrera fight. All of that known, I I, I, I just can't. There, I cannot picture Errol Spence getting back in the ring to, at such a compromised state just for a payday and coming back and fighting Danny Garcia. If he was, if it was, if he was compromised and his career is going to be over and it was all about a paycheck. It would have been about a Terrence Crawford fight because he's going to make a ton more money doing it. Yeah. And why risk the possibilities of that? Because to me, I think we're starting to see the Terrence Crawford's fight being in November, Errol Spence's fight being in November. They're kind of aligning. Their 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 fights are aligning. So later on down the road, when it's time to make that fight, they'll both be off the same amount of rest type of shit. And all, all of that is kind of lining up. Why would he risk losing to a Danny Garcia if he's in any kind of compromised state and and and, and jeopardize that payday. He's not going to do that. He's picking Danny Garcia because him and everybody else inside the sport that's making that fight is about 98% sure that he's going to beat Danny Garcia. Yeah, and I think it'll make a statement to Terrence Crawford. You know, oh, absolutely. Coming off that accident, fighting the likes of Danny Garcia. And, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying what beating da- da- beating Danny Garcia is a big deal, and especially coming off of what's happened with Errol Spence. Like that's a, First of all, for him taking this fight, Errol Spence is a dog. Yes. And he's like that has become very clear. There's no like this guy is not here to take easy fights. He wants to fight the best. I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah. Like that to me, when I, the, what, the, what I take away from this fight more than anything is, as a boxing fan, you cannot say, like, if you have one bad thing to say about Errol Spence, I don't know where you're getting it from. No, because he could have taken a tune-up fight here. Nobody would have given him shit about it. No, I wouldn't have said a fucking word. No. I actually probably, almost part of me would be like, yeah, let's see where you're at, dude. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, like going back to what you were saying about, like, if he's compromised. So if he's permanently compromised, then the Crawford fight would be, totally makes sense. If it was one of these things where he's not sure if he's ready then he could take a tune-up fight or two before he fought the likes of Danny Garcia and push back that Crawford fight even further. But I agree with you. I think if there's one thing that Errol Spence has proven in his career is that he's clearly not scared of anybody. No. And I don't think he's he's scared of Terrence Crawford. Um, You know, there is – I do understand there's a business side to things. And, you know, he's kind of in a position where, you know, Spence can fuck with Crawford a little bit because Spence has – you know, he has opponents. Whether you think it's fucking, you know, it's childish or cheapest, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I think the, I think the fact of the matter is is that we all know, like, go back and watch the video of him flipping that fucking car, man. He should have died that night. Yes. You know? And if the worst thing that happened to him is that he had to get a new grill, where, you know what? My fucking teeth are in the state at, at this <laughs> point where I might be getting a new grill sometime soon, too. And I didn't flip a fucking car to do it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, honestly... It- if he comes back and 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 just kind of beats Danny Garcia in a nine three eight four fight in a dominating fashion, that's got to be like I know it's not really necessarily a comeback story because it's kind of self inflicted what happened to mm-hmm. him, but that's a hell of a story, man. To go from being flipped out of a fucking Ferrari at a hundred miles an hour to coming back and beating a fringe world class welterweight top five guy Mm -hmm. that's fucking that's some big time shit right there man and and for all the people out there saying that there's something wrong with the guy for fucking riding around on its property on a four-wheeler with a gun uh, some people don't know what goes on in like other parts of the world outside of their little block where like people own guns and they're on farms and and coyotes do whatever you want that's that's the freedom of owning your own land and yeah having acres and do it dude if I want to walk outside fucking meat swinging on my land, that's what I'm going to do, man. If I want to even if I want to even impress the fucking, you know, the lookers on, you know, I might even fucking stroke that thing a couple times, get a little little blood flow. If that's what I want to do, just pat it. <laughs> that's what I'll do. I mean, who, dude, he can do whatever the fuck he wants on his own land. Yeah, I, but the way he wants to ride around with the damn machine gun, you know, in camouflage with a fucking Rambo, <laughs> you know, T-shirt on. Who gives a shit? Yeah, people getting off. An AR-15. Uh, that is dangerous. What if that AR-15 desi- decides to shoot somebody? He doesn't even have that thing secured. Uh, how dare him? He needs safety classes. <laughs> fucking people, man. <laughs> this fucking world is going to shit. 
Oh, man. Sorry, we're here to save the day, Ken. <laughs> we are here to save the day. Uh, all right, so Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia, November 21st on Fox Pay-Per-View. Um, it looks like Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev, um, the, Pulev being the mandatory for uh, Anthony Joshua's heavyweight championships. Uh, they're targeting December 5th or the 12th. I think what it's coming down to at this point is them being able – they want to have – this fight in front of some kind of crowd, and from what they, you know, we've been hearing from uh, Sir Edward of Hearn, is potentially inside, um, you know, an eighteen twenty thousand seat arena, where they could at least have, you know, ten to twenty percent capacity, um, charge, you know, enough for the tickets, you know. Because look, let's be honest: if Anthony Joshua can sell out a stadium, he's still a hot commodity over there, and people will pay top dollar to be one of those two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah you know, to. To say that they were one that bought one of those tickets mm-hmm. that they were able to be, you know, to get in, so there'll be a bidding war for those, uh, for those seats. There's no doubt about it, and it'd be interesting to see that, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev will be one of the first events to be able to do that. I mean, there's been nothing said so far about Spence Garcia. Maybe wherever they have that fight, they'll try to do minimal fans coming into well, it. Well, I think when they announced Spence Garcia, didn't they say like there was kind of contingent on a lot of that, like. Is there going to be fans allowed? Are they going to do this? To me, some of these big pay per view fights, man, I, I like. I don't know how they do a a massive pay per view in, in just a, such a bland environment. <laughs> for 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 Joshua Pulev, they'll be like representatives from DAZN, like dressed as fucking like door guys, like dressed as security, you know, being like, <laughs> "Let me see your ticket." Yeah, that's going to be another five hundred dollars. What I, pay, I already paid ten thousand dollars for this ticket. Nah, it's a it's a seating charge for me to escort you down to your seat. <laughs> the, the zone's going to be trying to capitalize any way, shape, or form. We we all we God knows they need it. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right, Juan Francisco Estrada El Gallito. Uh, look, man, I want to see his fight, the rematch versus um, uh, Chocolatito. And it may or may not happen. You're kind of hearing from Chocolatito's side of things that they're probably g- g- going to end up taking a um, a fight in the interim. Well, they're, they're they're fishing for a big payday on that one. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, take the fight in the inter- in, in the interim. Um, I think they both want over a million dollars for the fight. I think they both deserve it. Well, how do you know? Well, I, I, I mean, say their you, careers they've earned it. Oh. Pfft. Based off what? Oh, I mean, how many Instagram? This isn't his fifteenth fight, and he wasn't a pound for pound, or he was a pound for pound king. What? He's already lost, man. Oh, whatever, Ken. You know what I mean? He's already like fucking. If you've already lost, that is part of the equation on figuring out how much somebody (laughs) deserves to be fucking paid. I mean, how many Instagram followers does he have? Because that's really going to dictate whether or not I say he deserves a million dollars. Okay. This is how ridiculous the conversation can get. That's what Twitter sounds like. It does. <laughs> you know? It's fucking retarded. Well, no, no, that's what I mean. Look, I don't have a problem. I mean, look, we still don't know when we're going to be able to have, like, packed houses, when there's going to be right. a vaccine. Let's just say they get a vaccine in January or February. I'm perfectly willing to wait for, let's say, uh, an April or May matchup um, with a full crowd that gets these guys the money, like you said, that they have deserved the former pound for pound king and a current pound for pound fighter. Yes, both ha- are, are going to be in, t- in in the Hall of Fame one day. A rematch to what was one of the twenty five to fifty best fights in the last ten years. Absolutely, um, and uh, you know, two of the great uh, little men in the history of boxing. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, you know, Estrada's uh, you know story hasn't been completely written yet. Right, but this is what great fighters do. Yes, you know, um, if if the like, as a fan, this is how I place value on a fighter. Yes, how much entertainment have they provided me as a fan? What have they given me as a fan? I can't think of two fighters that have given me much more. No, dude, these are two of the most exciting fighters in the game. Yes, um, with two almost, this is like Pacquiao and Marquez. You know what I mean? Yeah, like in the in like it's it's different, but it's the same. Just two completely different styles that are so perfectly matched for yeah. for a great fight. Dude, that first fight is uh, somebody posted a clip a couple clips of it recently and it's been a while since I watched it and you just you're like 
holy shit, is this be that's like fought on an, on another level, man. Yeah, you don't see that shit. No, it's not a. This is not an everyday matchup. These guys deserve some fucking money. Fucking pay them. Make the fight, man. Well, why look, look, folks. Why do you think that both Canelo Triple G fights were so great? Because it's the same thing. Yeah. When you have two of the, I'm not talking about two of the. Uh, these are two good fighters. This isn't egg and cheese. This no. isn't Pete Cheeseman and and Sam Eggington. Fr- it's Fred Eggington. Fred Eggington. I mean, it's not them. You know, Chocolatito versus Estrada is at the same level as Triple G versus Canelo. There's e- there. It's elite. Yes. Elite. Best of the best. And when the very best fight the very best, this is what you get. Well, Ken, Triple G's a myth. Okay, so let's not. He doesn't actually exist. No, he's a myth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a myth or a mythster? <laughs> well, either one, yeah. whatever you want. Um, he exists. I've seen him. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, I've I've talked to the guy who translate for him. <laughs> okay, sure. t- whatever you say on Twitter before. Um, yeah, man. I mean, look, pay these guys whatever they fucking want to get it done. Period. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you just look. You don't let fights like this go. If you're a, a a guy who makes fights in the sport of boxing, you cannot so- let a fight like this. Go past. No, because no, they'll regret it. Yeah, you know, and you're going to make money off of this fight. There's been many rematches that should have been made that 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 were not made in boxing. And, and there's, there's a, been many that were made that we didn't need to see. Yeah, um, which one comes to mind here? I'm trying to think. Was it Arthur Abraham and Paul Smith? Did they fight twice? Uh, or was it Cleverly and Paul Smith? I feel like was it Cleverly? <laughs> Cleverly and Bellew, wasn't it? Bellend? Did they fight twice? I don't know. Yeah, they fought twice. Who did Abraham fought somebody twice? Who did he fight twice? <laughs> Felix Sturm. Man, he fought somebody twice. I don't know, but it was it, it was Paul Smith. Was it Paul Smith? It was Paul. Smith. I think that's where the famous video of him and Eddie Hearn was first leaked. The, yeah, I think that's where the elephant walk originated from. <laughs> <laughs> it was in that dressing room after that fight. So you've seen the video? Ah. Um, Yes, I have. I know. It's disturbing. <laughs> You've been compromised. You shouldn't have admitted that on the air. I'm going to have to edit that out, man. <laughs> what about the Smith family's waiting for you outside? It's a hell of a thing when you get inside the sport, Ken. You know you know that in the sh- in the TV show Ozark, the Langmores are actually based off of the Smiths. <laughs> Did you know <laughs> <laughs> did you know? <laughs> I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> oh man, that's fucking perfect. <laughs> so who's Ruth? Uh, Ruth, Pro- probably Liam. I'd say probably Liam. Um, uh, Paul is Beef. beefy. Paul is the gay one that gets pounded by the FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fucking brutal. That is brutal. How did we get on that? I don't know. Going from elephant walks to getting pounded by FBI agents. We're talking about a rematch of two great fighters, and we ended up talking about that. That's amazing, man. This show can take turns quickly. We should write for TV. We should. You know what I mean? I don't know how we haven't been picked up yet. Blows my fucking mind. Yeah, me too. Maybe it's the... uh, We can talk about other stuff. Yeah. Whatever you want. Whatever. It's all going to be ridiculous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like So if, if this fight gets made, you know what's going to be the last thing I'm curious about? is how. Well, hold on a second. It's official? Is how, it? How much are they getting paid, though? <laughs> because I, I, I might feel that somebody's getting lowballed here. <laughs> because if this isn't fair to either one of the fighters, I don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking ridiculous people sounded this week. Yeah, I mean, seriously. This has to be fair, guys. Yeah. This is not fair. Nope. I'm not watching. I'm this. not even going to watch if it's not fair, Ken. No, no absolutely. What? Did you hear about that? Did you hear? Somebody start a GoFundMe page for a Chocolatito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I'm just on Twitter scanning here at the end of the show, and Wheels post a picture of Errol Spence with his nips. I used to jerk off to titties like that. Look at this fucking picture. Oh. 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 
can you milk a man? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> can you milk me, Greg? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a way to end the show. You okay? I'm good. You <laughs> fucking kidding me. I used to jerk about the dicks. <laughs> Oh, all right, get out of here, man. All right. Yeah, all right. On that note, it's time to go. <laughs> Vince needs to go jerk off to those tits. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 285 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Be sure to drop by the website, theboxingrant.com. That's theboxingrant.com. For links to all the show, the audio podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can find an audio. All the links are on theboxingrant.com. Drop by the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today and subscribe. Check out the full-length podcast and video. Watch as Vin is, um, is peeing himself a little bit <laughs> right now. <laughs> you okay over there? I'm gonna have to now. I have to fucking post the picture on the show <laughs> so people know what you're laughing at. Um, okay, um, where were we? Uh, yeah. So thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, thanks for making it uh, to the end here. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings eighty one and at Kenny Keith Jr. Follow the show at the boxing rant so we'll be back next week with a brand new episode thanks for tuning in to the boxing rant podcast but i'm the best ever my style is impetuous there's no one that can match me i'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been my defense is impregnable anybody can get it